1: What's up, Michigan? It's hour number two on a Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Uh, Inside this hour, John Conlon, who is a local high school soccer coach and one of the best the state of Michigan has ever seen. I like to bring him in and we have conversations connected to being a sports dad, to him being a coach, where things are at now and also what they were like 10 years ago, looking ahead to the future. We'll also comment on the World Cup, which is coming up. Uh, Before you know it, I know we're in the middle of football season, but that uh, USA-England match on the weekend of Ohio State-Michigan will be interesting. Uh, We will talk some soccer, but the focus will be on parents, coaches, and players at the high school level uh, across Michigan, and it's the perfect fit on a Wednesday Broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. As always, if you have comments on what we discuss, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE of 21,000. And let's welcome back John Conlon, who's always a busy man coaching soccer somewhere. Uh, with his kids or other people's children.
2: How you doing, my man? Hey, it's great to be back in here. Yeah, it seems like soccer is uh, 24-7, 365 for me always. So how long have you been coaching, John? Uh, Well, officially I started when I was 18 at Hope College. Uh, I started in the soccer camps there and realized that it was pretty natural to me. And um, my dad actually uh, was a really good athlete. And when I was growing up, he took me to all the Western Michigan football basketball soccer games and he was always like pointing out what coaches were doing and what players were doing and so it was a really pretty natural progression for me i think he realized that i loved sports and just loved that uh the the intellectual part of sports where you have to figure out situations not to motivate people so where is coaching today uh from when
1: you started and it's a different animal on so many levels Uh, When it comes to sports and kids and club and high school and youth soccer and youth sports across the board. So for you when you started to where it is today, uh, where have things gotten better
2: and where have things gotten worse? Well, it's big business. Uh, Even in 2000, and I can speak to club soccer. That's right when I started with club soccer. Uh, West Michigan only had really like four clubs. Um, kids were only paying, you know, like two hundred dollars a season to, to play, and now kids are playing, paying upwards of you know thirty five hundred dollars and traveling all over the country. And parents are spending upwards of you know ten thousand dollars with the travel. So it is big business. There's a lot better coaching, I would say, in terms of teaching technique and tactics. At least in soccer, we have you know a generation of ex players that are around here and all over the country that are. You know, teaching kids the game. Whereas when I was growing up, we had our dads who were, you know, basketball, football, baseball guys teaching the game. So it's very, very different. Um, I think parents are way more involved than they used to be. And uh, I'm not sold that's a great thing. I think parents are paying a lot more money. So I, I think they feel like they need a return on their investment. And you're talking club. Club, uh, high school too, because it, it does definitely. Um, you know, it seeps over into high school because, you know, kids pay a lot of money for clubs, so they expect when they go to their high school program they're going to be the star of their high school program. And parents sometimes have unrealistic expectations. And I think the fact that more money's in the game and, uh, the, you know, social media is blowing up, that, you know, kids are starting to have their own NIL deals at young ages. I mean, I you know, you just saw Bryce Young, uh, on commercials this weekend, which kind of floored me. He's on all these you know Dr. Pepper commercials, and here he is still playing college football. You know, he's 19 years old. Uh, it's just different. It's, it, when I started in 2000, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, my program at East Kentwood, we probably had six club soccer players. And now at East Kentwood, I would say there's probably 50 in the program. And it just shows you the opportunities are better, but the expectations are higher with parents and sometimes unrealistically higher. Um, so it, it's a different, it's a more toxic environment, I think, now. Uh, How to get toxic? Is it just that
1: parents who have watched their kids play a sport, and we're talking soccer with you being a soccer coach, that if they paid from the time the boy or girl was five until they're ready to go to high school, they feel that they've watched their kid play. Almost every minute of every game. And they think in high school, as a freshman, that kid, boy or girl, should be playing just as much as they did in club because they played high level club soccer.
2: It's a deep conversation. Um, You know, I I, I say this actually to my teams and my parents all the time. They talk about, uh, you hear people talk about how sports um, helps develop character, right? And I look at it actually differently. I think sports reveals character. It reveals character in the players, it reveals character in the parents, reveals character in the coaches. And by no means am I a, a perfect coach or a perfect human being. I've made tons of mistakes as a, a parent, as a coach, as a player. But I think ultimately what you're seeing now is it's become a me generation uh, where parents would rather their kids score six goals and lose than win a championship and be a great teammate. And that's that's a generalization, but I see it nonstop. I mean, I, I literally will go to soccer tournaments on the weekend and just sit and observe and watch parents get thrown out of games, watch parents criticize the coach, watch parents criticize other kids, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then I'll watch kids on the field act – um, you know, they'll, they'll do something which is a pretty normal play and they'll celebrate like they, you know, just did something amazing. And I, I just think there's a bad precedent that's been set um, and it's only getting worse because there's so much money in the game. And I think it's, it's dangerous. Um, you know, if parents really were to look at, like, who the best athletes in the world are, they're, for the most part, exactly the opposite of what they're teaching their own kids. You know, Tom Brady's a great example you know, here's Tom Brady, who comes in and he's sixth on the depth chart at, at Michigan and sits the bench for two years. Uh, he then finally gets a chance to start, and you know, um, Henson comes in and who's the you know the everybody's favorite you know high school quarterback coming out of Brighton, and so Tom's got a to battle against him. And never once during that time period did I hear anything about Tom's parents calling, uh, you know, calling up to Michigan. Never did I hear Tom complaining about Henson starting over him in games. In fact, I would say that it actually made Tom great because of it, because he had to battle. He had to grind. He had to outfight this great talent that came in. Um, you know, and then Tom moves on, has a decent senior year, and then gets drafted in the sixth round, right? Uh, so. Tom Brady should be what parents are studying, and he takes Drew Bledsoe's job. Yeah, it, who's arguably the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the league at that time. And if you've ever
1: watched, I think the thirty for thirty or something on Bledsoe, that he talked about the
2: work ethic of Brady. Right, and so with and even when you listen to Tom talk nowadays, like he, rarely is he ever talking about himself. He's talking about his teammates. He's talking about doing things the right way. His family, his family, like things that are really important. I mean unfortunately parents focus on the players who are um you know the ones who are showing out the ones who are getting the big you know nike deals and those are short-lived i mean tom brady is what 44 years 43 years old still playing in the nfl arguably the best quarterback of all time and all he's done is stayed the course it's been the 20 mile march for him right like he's every year gotten a little bit better he's not uh, not blowing smoke to everybody and how great he is he just goes out and, and does his job and um, I would love to see that mentality come back to youth sports because I think uh, we're actually deterring a lot of kids from playing because of how we you know build players up at young ages.
1: John Conlin's joining us in the studio on this Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday talking about, where sports are at today for kids, the parents, and even the coaches, and what they have to deal with in the refs and the officials, and we'll go through it all. If you have a comment as a parent, as a coach, as a ref, as a school administrator, or a student, you can drop it at HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and also text it to us, opt in on that HUGE text chain, text the word HUGE out of 21,000. So where did it go wrong? Was it just that? Paying for a spot on a club team brought entitlement? Definitely. Uh, And I'm talking, and and club teams can, this can be youth baseball, it can be travel basketball, boys and girls, it can be, you know, travel soccer. That because a parent pays money, they think there's an entitlement that their kid should play more than the other
2: kid. There are so many issues now in club sports because there's so much money. Uh, What are the issues? You know, one of the issues is. Just the ridiculous amount of fees that people are paying, and I, I think people should be able to make money off of sports. I, I, but sometimes it's just unrealistic. And so, what you're doing then is you have the haves and have-nots. You have the, you have the people that can pay the big price tag, and you have those that can't. And then those parents that are paying the big price tag hold the administrators of you know AAU clubs and soccer clubs uh, with their feet to the fire by saying, "Listen, if you don't play my kid, I'm moving them to another club." And we're talking about 9-, 10-year-old kids that they're threatening with. And um, You've I, seen this. Oh, my goodness. I've seen parents literally pick the team in a soccer club because their kid's probably the best player at 9 years old, right? So that club wants to keep that kid and keep that parent happy, and that parent goes in and gets you know in the coach's face and says, if you don't pick these kids, we're going to another. That happens all the time. Uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. And uh, unfortunately, what those parents don't realize is karma's real. And when you do those things at a young age, it'll come back every single time. The, the best athletes I've worked with, their parents were humble. Their parents didn't get overly involved. Their parents let their kids fail. Their parents put them in situations where they weren't the best. Their parents didn't micromanage. I mean, uh, the term I've used on your show before is the snowplow parent. There are snowplow parents all over the place. They're trying to push everything out of the way so their kid can be successful. Well, I'll tell you right now. Like I talk to college coaches all the time, and if they think that that parent's overly involved, they literally go and recruit somebody else. They don't want to deal with that parent even at the college level. Uh, and you know, what are you teaching your kid? Right? Like you're gonna are you gonna go argue when they don't get the job that they want when they're 25 years old? You can go argue with the CEO of that company. Or are you? Are you going to bail them out every time they get a speeding ticket? Like, what, what are you going to do as a parent? Like, you, ultimately, we're trying to create young adults that will be successful, and they have to fail. Uh, and what I hate, and this really bothers me, and I'm and I'm part of the club soccer world. I, I'm sick of watching clubs put up with it. Honestly, I would tell parents, go. We don't need you. We do, we don't want you. I don't. There's you know, money how, involved, but there's money. But I don't care how good your kid is. You know, great great story. Christian Polisic, his dad came and spoke to the state of Michigan. It was about four years ago. And whenever I have the opportunity to meet people like that, I'm just going to ask questions because I want to hear. So his dad went over to Europe, went over to uh, play in the uh, to coach in the Bundesliga, so that Christian could go over there and play. Right? This is our best American player. And I asked him. I said, "What happens in Germany if parents become overly involved?" And start giving the club a hard time. He started laughing. He said, it doesn't happen. They just tell you, take your son somewhere else. We don't need you. And so the tail does not wag the dog. Uh, So they literally have clauses that if your parents act out on the sideline in these, um, you know, these academy games in, in Germany, that you'll be kicked out with your parents. And they don't care. They'll get rid of you. We'll bring somebody else in. Uh, unfortunately, the capitalist idea of, of of youth sports is looking at it the wrong way. Like they think that because the parents are, you know, paying the money that they should do whatever those parents want. But that's not making a better product. It's not making a better environment, and it's creating a toxic atmosphere. That we, I'm telling you, we're at the tipping point where you're going to start to see more and more referees quit, coaches quit. You're going to see fights on the sideline. If you, I, I, I went to an AAU basketball game. Last year, and I saw a huge fight in the crowd. These were 10-year-old kids playing and parents fighting in the crowd. Embarrassing. You know, honestly, I wanted to take a video of it and send it to their employers and say, this is the person who's working for you, acting like an absolute clown in the crowd at their 10-year-old basketball game. By the way, that basketball game, they charged every single person $15 to get in for a youth basketball game. $15. $15. I figured out that the guys who ran that tournament probably brought home about $250,000 that weekend.
1: It's crazy. It's a money grab, which uh, a lot of people talk about. And again, as a sports dad, I've been on both sides. And what's interesting, John, you live on both sides. Yeah, I do. Okay. You coach high school. And the innocence of, not club free, but you're playing for something. Yep. Your school colors, your team, your coach, your teammates. You also have kids who play high-level club soccer, and you coach club soccer. So the question is, how how, how does the toxic atmosphere for kids become better uh, in all travel sports? It, it starts with the parents. Like, everything starts at home, right? We, we, we can say that, but the reality is that's not going to happen because every parent wants their kid to be the best. So wh- what are some solutions you think that would change – sports, which in turn, as they grow older, would help the high school level.
2: Uh, I think if you have a club, and it could be basketball, it could be football, it could be soccer, which has enough money to not care what the parents think, that's where you're going to have a good situation. So what I'm talking about is having investors that start a club, You know, whether it's DeVos, Van Andel, whatever it might be, that start a club, and they basically say to the parents, listen, you can be a part of the best club in the country, but if you act out, you're gone and we don't care. That's the only thing that can be done. Because right now, the tail is wagging the dog. The parents are paying money, a lot of money, and they're demanding their kid get playing time, even when their kid doesn't deserve it. They're demanding their kid be on the first team. They're demanding that uh, certain kids not be on the team because they're not good enough. I mean, things that are absolutely insane to me that I see and, and, and comical. Um, you know, one thing, there's a great video on YouTube done by uh, Don Lucia, who coached at University of Minnesota, he was hockey coach, legendary hockey coach. And he says that in this video, he's talking to parents. He says, listen, genetics plays a part of this. If you're short, you're probably not playing in the NBA, you know? If, if you're 300 pounds, yeah, you're probably not going to be a world-class soccer player. Your kids are probably not going to be world-class soccer players. There's a genetic piece. So it doesn't matter how much money you're paying. There are some other factors that you can't control. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I'm just i very passionate about this because I think it's ruining kids. It's ruining the environment. Um, I do think some things have gotten better. I think there is better coaching. I think like technique and tactics have gotten better. Um, I think certain environments have gotten better. But I see us, you know, know, Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Tipping Point, I see us getting to a tipping point where good coaches are leaving the games. And Tipping Point is a phrase being used on where we're at at the crossroads of youth sports. Right. We're at a point now where what we're starting to do is becoming counterproductive. It's becoming less effective. Uh, it's becoming a situation where people are making money, which is fine, but not necessarily making better athletes. Um, I, you know, it's it, it's hard to really say it's measurable. I just see it, and it, it's it's not hard to see. If, if, if you don't believe me, please go to an AAU tournament this winter. Go to an indoor soccer tournament this winter. Go to a situation where it's a competitive environment and watch – the parents. Watch the lunacy. It's absolutely crazy. Or just go on YouTube. You can see tons of videos of people losing their mind for no reason. John Conlon, uh, he is
1: a highly respected soccer coach uh, from East Kentwood with the boys to Byron Center with the girls on the club level. Hockey's uh, hockey's in his blood hmm. as a fan, but also soccer, a sport that uh, he loves. Grew up in the Kalamazoo area joining us uh, here on the HUGE Show across Michigan. Again, if you have comments as a parent, as a coach, as administrator, as a player, uh, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, opt in on the HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. I want to talk about that tipping point and how it's being counterproductive. Because you would think with all the money invested in the youth sports, that America would be dominating every sport. Sure. Uh, every sport uh, across the landscape. So I want to talk about that. Uh, we'll get to more with John Conlon coming up. Wednesdays are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Follow everything Michigan high school sports. Uh, MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, and watch live and on demand high school sports. Boys and girls, you're around at MHSAA.tv.
0: From Detroit to
1: Petoskey, this show is
0: huge. Get more for your money at Meijer. Get in the spirit with 20% off Halloween outdoor decor and Halloween costumes for the family from 9 dollars to 44 dollars And even if you dream of candy, don't forget pantry staples. Buy five, save $5 on Swanson broth or stock and craft shredded or chunk cheese. Plus, get the same low Meijer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money and get more in one place. Meijer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meijer app. Rock and country music's hardest hitters join forces. Five Finger Death Punch, Brantley
1: Gilbert, with special guest Corey Marks. November 9th, Van Andel Arena. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Five Finger Death Punch's new album, Afterlife, out now. Five Finger Death Punch and Brantley Gilbert, live. He would cheer for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the NBA regular season is upon us, and DraftKings has a huge offer for new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code HUGE when they sign up. Those new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Simple and easy. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code HUGE when you sign up and then make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus-based as free bets. One boost per eligible game for the stepped-up same-game parlay boost that everybody can take part of opt-in required, deposit parlay and wagering restrictions apply, eligibility and turns at DraftKings.com slash basketball terms.
0: You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: We are back on the huge show across Michigan. We always originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio in downtown Grand Rapids at our flagship station 961 the game in GR. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Conversation on this Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday with one of the top high school soccer coaches in Michigan history, John Conlin, talking about the toxic environment of players, parents. Referees, officials leaving, the tipping point, and I like that word uh, because you wonder what the future will hold. You know, MHSAA, I see on their website, on their tweets, they're still looking for officials. And I get the pandemic had everybody looking uh, for people to fill jobs, but uh, there seems to be a, a big push for more officials. Is that that some have just gotten older? Uh, is that that it's not worth the money with the grief they're taking from uh, parents, players, and coaches? How would you assess the current officiating slash referee situation in the state of Michigan when it
2: comes to club and high school sports? Well, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, club sports are paying better, so a lot of the for of- officials, yes. So a lot of the, at least at the higher levels, uh, so a lot of the officials that would be refereeing high school could get paid twice as much doing an AAU tournament or doing a, a club soccer tournament so it's a it's a no brainer for them. Uh, I I know that the soccer referee numbers are down really bad right now to the point where freshman games are not having referees and some of it is that you know they're not getting paid enough, a lot of it is just parents though. And um you know I think unfortunately in the 80s and 70s uh, the Bob Knights of the world who rode referees the whole game, like that was kind of, you know, Mike Dick, uh, those are the coaches that we saw, right? And so even me as a young coach, like I thought, well, hey, if I'm not riding the referee, I'm not doing my job. Um, and I've realized over the years, and trust me, there are times where I'll question a referee just like anyone else, but they're human beings, right? And, and very rarely do you see a referee go into a game with, you know, some other uh, agenda. They're there to do their best job. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to blow calls and sometimes those calls, you know, ruin games unfortunately, but for the most part the referees that I've been around are good human beings that are doing the best they can. Uh, but you know when they're getting paid seventy five dollars to referee a game, and they have parents riding them the whole game, and and players on the field talking back, and coaches riding them, yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to do that for seventy five dollars. It's not worth it. Uh, and honestly, I, player behavior is worse. I, I will tell you this right now. Like I, in my program, you can ask any player that's ever played for me, they they are not allowed to talk to referees, and. You know, we'll have a captain that maybe is our designated captain that can go, you know, question something. But if I think they're out of line, I'm yanking them off the field. I don't care who it is. I I don't care. Uh, Number one, it's counterproductive for what we're trying to do. Second, second of all, you know, I I don't want a 16 year old, 17 year old kid being the person who's trying to negotiate a situation with an adult referee. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so it's just the atmosphere is way different. You know, I started coaching high school in 2000. Um, I didn't feel the entitlement as much then as I feel nowadays. Or You're talking entitlement from the players. Players, correct. Um, now, my program, I've been lucky. Like, honestly, like East Kentwood and Byron Center, I have amazing kids. But I've seen and I and I have plenty of friends in the coaching world who have left coaching because of entitlement, because of parent entitlement, because of kid entitlement. And these are great coaches, and they just said hey, not worth it. you know not worth it for the pay, uh, not worth it um, to be away from my family and deal with people always questioning everything I do and i I, I just it's really sad, honestly.
1: And you get at uh, the high school level and even club level at times when a group of parents who have the best kids on a team go to an a d at a high school or go to the club director at their local travel, soccer, basketball, baseball club, whatever it is, they can bring change on because they're supplying the money that fuels that club.
2: You know what, Bill, I'm at an age now where I don't care if I offend people, honestly, when I'm talking on here. Shame on the ADs that get rid of coaches after one complaint. And I see that. All Shame on that AD, right? Like you're paying these coaches, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, you're paying them five thousand dollars to coach a season. They're making like literally a dollar an hour, and because one parent complains about playing time or a coach uh, being too hard on the kids, they. It's rare that you see a coach fired after years of of this. It's like I see coaches who have been at a program for fifteen years, and they have one or two parents who complain one season they get let go and to me i look at that ad and i want to say well i i hope that you don't get fired when you make a mistake you know your first mistake <laughs> like it's just ridiculous and it's um i don't know why like the best athletic directors i've been around blame brummels you know some of the um athletic directors i've worked for like they understand that there's a give and take when it comes to this and you know, you really have to monitor what your coaches are doing, monitor what your parents are doing, and make educated decisions on whether or not it's time to move on or stay with with who you're with. Um, I've been pretty lucky with Brady Lake and and with Blaine to have you know ads that when I made stupid decisions, they talked me through it, they walked me through it, and then they stood by me. Um, and I, <laughs> we're going to get to a point where honestly, I don't know why anyone would coach high school sports. I I think you're getting closer and closer to that because they'll get more money in club sports and they'll be protected. Um you know, they're going to deal with the same issues in club sports but they're getting more money so it's not it's not you know as big a deal to coaches. Um it's sad. That, later I want to talk uh, there's a lot of different
1: uh roads I want to travel down because you get that competition between club and high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you get parents saying, my kids, they don't need to play high school. They're playing club because they're getting more playing time. Yeah. or, or Arrogance. <laughs> or or they think their kid is uh, destined to get a D1 scholarship, which I, I really talk to parents. And I say, okay, what's your goal for your kid playing club in high school? While in high school. Yeah. The high school age, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. What's the reason why? Yeah. Well, my, my, I believe my son or daughter can play college soccer and get a scholarship. And I said, well, do you go to your club and ask them to provide how many scholarships are awarded per year per the number of kids in your son's or daughter's age group? And the numbers are staggering low. I don't have all the numbers for all the clubs, but what I've watched, because I've done the full circle, five until 13 for club sports, and I will tell you, I find the high school experience so much more enjoyable.
2: Oh, it's, it's, a, as a parent, it's amazing.
1: But there is, there is the, there are parents that don't understand that they think now, cause a lot of kids are high school ready coming in as freshmen because they have played club, yep. right? And the parents are thinking, well, they should start in front of the senior and they should get more minutes. And you have a roster of 17, 18, 19, Boys or girls, right, in high school soccer. And everybody thinks their kids should be better in in terms of minutes played. Sure. And that's what a coach is dealing with. I flat out told some parents that I believe coaches now almost defer to the I'm going to play everybody as much, almost the club mentality. Yeah. I'm going to play everybody as much as I can, keep everybody happy, And come playoff time, I'm not playing everybody as much as I can. And I'm going to make a push for a conference, uh, a district, a regional, or a state championship. Would you agree with that?
2: I I see that. Um, I don't do that. I mean, I will tell you, we play a lot of kids during the regular season, mainly to keep kids healthy. Uh, I'm I'm willing to take losses uh, and play some of my second string kids in, in big games. So that we're healthy, come tournament wise. I I don't let the parents dictate that, um, but I have seen that where, you know, coaches will try to keep parents off their back by playing everybody, and um, I honestly, like to me, that's doing a disservice to the kid too, because then when the kid does get in a situation where they're not the best, they don't know how to deal with it, they can't fight through the adversity. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a great story. I, a kid named Miguel, who by the way graduated uh, from University of Michigan Medical School so I I cut Miguel his junior year parents from the Dominican didn't say a word to me uh, good player but just we were loaded it was just 2006 when we had you know arguably the best team in in the Midwest um, cut him came back the next year and I was so impressed that he came back as a senior and I said, Miguel, you're probably not going to play much this year, bud. Like, I mean, you're a senior. Like, are you going to be able to handle? It? He's like, Coach, I, I just want to be a part of it, right? Uh, I'm going to work my tail off if I get some minutes. You know, great. Never heard from the parents, right? So we get in the state tournament. This is our first state championship, 2007. Um, and by the way, that team had Mark and Dominic Baroni, Lido Esquivel, uh, Nurman Cernkidge, Jen and Kat. Cot- like, you're talking the best team arguably in the country. And Miguel, at the high school level, at the, the high time. school level. And Miguel, who was a great player in his own right, was having a hard time getting on the field. Well, we get in the state tournament, and Miguel was just getting better and And through the adversity of having to battle every day and grind and fight for playing time, better and better and better. So we get in a big game, and some of my younger guys, the game was just too big for them. They were tight. And here's Miguel, who's been chomping at the bit, senior, who's been cut, who I know is fearless, and I throw him in, and he wasn't the most technical player, but he was the best competitor. Long and short of it, we win the state championship, and in that state final, I will, Mark and Don would probably argue with me, but I think he was the best player on the field in that game. And it, 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 he would not have been that good. By the way, he went on to captain uh, Michigan state, uh, Michigan State's club team in undergrad, and they won the national championship. Uh, And the club coach there at the time was like, this kid's unbelievable. And I said, yeah, because he's had to fight and grind and prove himself, right? His parents did not come and fight his battle for him. They said, you know, you got to keep training, keep working. And he became a very, very good player. And then I can name other kids who their parents would come to me and complain about playing time. And their kid got worse, to be honest with you, because, you know, their parents couldn't fight their battle all the way up. Um, So I'm telling you, parents, if you want your kid to be successful, let them fail, Put them in situations where they're not the best player. Put them in situations where they have to grind and fight and and battle to get off the bench. John Conlon, one of the most
1: respected high school soccer coaches in the state of Michigan, one of our soccer insiders, joining us in studio on this MHSA Wednesday, talking about parents, kids, teams, coaches, and refs. Uh, If you have a comment, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook. You can also opt in on the HUGE text chain, Text the word HUGE to 21000.
0: Everything HUGE 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Las Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager with BetMGM, sign up with BetMGM or log in today and take advantage of the BetMGM Rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons.
1: Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America.
2: Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. And digging for gold every Friday in October for your chance to score up to $5,500 in cash or premium play. Hourly winners from 7 to 11 p.m. each week. And on October 28th, all the prizes turn to cash. See what you'll dig up. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine.
1: Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. We are back wrapping up our number two on this Wednesday broadcast heard on 19 incredible radio stations. For the one close to you, go to show.net And I do want to give a shout out to all of our affiliates. one, The Game in Grand Rapids is our flagship station. Uh, you can listen on 100.9 FM, Midland, Bay City, Saginaw, to The Huge Show weekdays at 3. Sports Extra 1330 in Flint, Genesee County, I-75, Corridor, Northern Michigan, we're on 107.3 and AM 920. WMPL, Houghton Hancock, Calumet, Copper Country is God's Country. Northern Michigan, 104.7 and AM 1340, the ticket. Charlevoix, Potoski to the bridge. Cadillac to Traverse City, you can listen to the huge show weekdays at 3 on 93.7 FM, the ticket. AM 1280, Somervilles have a fabulous radio group. Alma, Mount Pleasant, huge show weekday afternoons at 3. And Alma, Mount Pleasant on AM 1280. The game, 7.30 AM in Lansing, carries the huge show on a tape-delayed basis, weeknights at 6 p.m. 96.5 The Cave. I love that station and the people connected to it. Adrian in Southeast Michigan. They're a longtime affiliate carrying the Hude show weekday afternoons at 3. WSJM and Benton Harbor St. Joe. That's a top-shelf uh, radio group. Thank you for your longtime support uh, of the Hude show. Did I leave anybody out? I said 96 won the game in Grand Rapids. Muskegon, Kalamazoo, you can hear 96 won the game. Oh, WHTC, 99.7 FM and AM 1450, Holland, Michigan's West Coast. I don't want to forget WHTC. Superfly, did I miss anybody else? Oh, the roar in Detroit. I'm not going to forget the roar in Detroit. How do I forget we're on in Detroit? You, you said you got everybody. The roar. 99.1 FM, 93.5 FM, and HD Channel 2 on 94.7 FM. The roar in the Motor City. Oh, yeah. Did you forget you're on in Detroit? No, I'm on top of my game right now. I always leave somebody out. Every time I do that read, I'll hear from an affiliate, you didn't mention us. I think I covered everybody. I said 96-1, right? Downtown Grand Rapids, the game, our flagship station. Good job, Superfly. We got some really good chemistry on this Wednesday broadcast. As I always tell everybody, if you miss any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. And if you want to listen live online, thehugeshow.net, weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen live anywhere in America, weekdays 3 until 6. Time to check in on what's on tap at your local brand, Steakhouse and Grill, your home for all Michigan, Michigan State, N.D., Lions, Big Ten, and NFL football games on all the TVs and all brands' locations. Now, there's the brands in Bay City for our listeners on 100.9 FM. You'll find the brands in Caledonia just south of Grand Rapids. The Brands in Cascade east of GR, the Brands in Holland off of US 31 on James, for those listening on WHTC. There's also Johnny Brands in Granville west of GR, and Johnny Brands on Leonard off of 131 in downtown Grand Rapids. So when the Wolverines and the Spartans and the Lions are playing, it's on all the TVs. At all brands locations. For the one close to you, go to brands.com. Or you can order up your brand's favorites and have them delivered to your house or pick them up uh, for your watch party at your home. Uh, order online, go to brands.com. That's brands.com. And remember lunch, dinner, and happy hours two times a day at all brands steakhouse and grills. Big bad
0: you